my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It it really is. (laughs) What's up? I'm Laura Carrente. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. We don't know what episode we're on. I think it's three, 2018. Three, three of, yeah, three (laughs) into 2018. I'm so proud of Alexa for coming into the studio today. I'm so sick, you guys. She's she's like the pink of Adlandia from the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. What? Pink. She had the flu. At least you're not spitting lozenges out. You know what? During the Super Bowl, guess what I was doing? Sleeping. Okay. I was asleep. And you want three for three? I'm sick three times in 2018 already. Well, hopefully this is the end of it. I blame it on you. Many people say that I'm contagious, so take that as you will. (laughs) Um, But that said, 2018, we are kicking it off. So much change is happening in the industry that we will be opening up the IAB annual leadership meeting out in Palm Desert, California next next week. week. The 11th through the 13th. If you haven't already booked your ticket, book it. Yes. Come join us. I think that it's going to be a lot of really good conversations. And I think the IAB this year is doing something different than they've ever done. They're having a lot of kind of up-and-coming brands on stage talking about 
what it means to be a 21st century brand. And they're going to be the ones talking while a lot of, I think, legacy brands are going to be also talking, but in the audience. Participating, right. So we're excited to talk to brands like Glossier. We're going to see a way out there. Excited to see our girl, Rachel Tipograph, in action on Drop, stage. Dropping knowledge. With T-Mobile. So a lot of exciting uh, conversations and mashups of different types of brands on stage. So it'll be definitely an interesting dialogue. And they'll have people like Jet.com there. Unilever is going to be there. Hulu's going to be there. So a lot of like people representing the content space, the entertainment space, the software space, the tech, ad tech yep. space. I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. And we will bring it all back here and talk to you guys about what we learned um, and what we think are kind of some of the most interesting trends. But one thing I'm really impressed with is that Randall Rothenberg and the team over at IAB has done some killer research around not just what it takes to be a 21st century brand and the brand side of it and the consumer side of it and the branding and the marketing side of it, but really like what's the infrastructure that's underpinning this growth in direct-to-consumer brands? And it's a really, really interesting piece of research that they're going to be publishing at the IAB Leadership Forum. So one of the big takeaways that we're learning is leadership, um, what it takes to obviously not just create a 21st century brand, but certainly run one. But be a leader of right. the, right? Be a leader of the 21st a visionary. century. Yeah. Right. A, a visionary that I think brings people up. We There's some really awesome quotes from our next guest, Ross Martin, uh, who's CEO and founder of Blackbird, really a new consultancy out on the field, who is combining um, kind of harvesting and maturing leadership, like people, Right. right. And companies and thinking about new ways that established companies change the way they create and show up in market and the way they show up in market. Right. And how do they create more meaningful ties to their consumers and maybe even open up new verticals that they can play in. So interesting conversation. And I think that leadership is really at the center of it. Yeah. And I think in 2018, uh, with the rise of so many DTC brands, like some of those we just rattled off, whether it's Glossier, Casper, Away, all of your fan favorites uh, in the podcasting space, so to speak, it'll be interesting um, to see how those who have had a tremendous trajectory challenging some of the legacy brands in some of the biggest categories react and adapt to sort of what the new leadership and business plan or model looks like in 2018 and beyond. So with that, we're going to talk to CEO and founder of Blackbird, Ross Martin. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back in the studio with Ross Martin, CEO and founder of Blackbird. What's up, guys? Hi, Ross. Thanks for coming. I'm so psyched to be here. I've wanted to come here <laughs> since you started this podcast. I think we were talking about it at the beginning, and I said, would you come, would you come, would you come? Yeah, I'm all about this. I'm like your biggest fan. So, Ross... You have had kind of an amazing career, and I want to talk about Blackbird. Sure. But first, I want to talk about your background. Where did you start? Well, I just I have the strangest background for someone who's in media. I don't even know how I got here. I, you know, I. <laughs> I think all, we all feel that way, right? Yeah. Like, what? We, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Um, so I first wanted to be an elevator man, like um, in Manhattan. Yeah. I, you know, I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I think that's why I've never in my life, besides my first job, never in my life had a job that anybody had before me. Like, I've never inherited a job description. Interesting. My first job was selling women's shoes. 
That's it. I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. Al was Bundy? Bad. Yeah, it was Al Bundy. No way. But I was 16 years old. <laughs> And I sucked. Like, I don't even think I sold more than five pairs in, like, an entire summer. But regardless, that was my first job. <laughs> and every other job I had since then, it was a made-up job. And um, the thing is, I went to school for poetry. So it's Is like, that where Blackbird came from? Well, it's interesting. You know, Alexa we and I were talking about, about that. that. And now he's going to tell us the story because okay. it's damn good. Look, there are, like, five origin stories for the, the name Blackbird. So the obvious one that everyone who's, you know, read any poetry before will always say is 13 Ways of Looking at a Blackbird, the poem by Wallace Stevens. And there's an incredible first stanza for that poem, which just so I don't get it wrong. And Are you going to freestyle right it. now? I'm not going to freestyle. Well, He's just well, pulled he just out his phone. No, 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 I'm not. What no. the hell? So the first stanza is three lines, right? Cam, drop a beat on this. Yeah. Among 20 snowy mountains, the only moving thing was the eye of the blackbird. And so what I love about that stanza is, in three lines, Stevens goes from this huge, wide, establishing shot of 20 snowy mountains, where your camera, your eye is so far back to be able to take all of that in, right? And then not even two lines later, he's all the way in on the single eye of a single blackbird on a single snowy mountain. And the idea that you could move from one perspective all the way down just to that little eye and be so specific or atomic is really a, a pretty big driving force behind Blackbird and what we're trying to do. Like, I get it immediately. I love That's it. That's it. You think a lot like uh, artist or filmmaker, and you have a little bit of background in the entertainment world. I mean, that's where you really started. Yeah, can I? Just... After the shoes. I want to talk. Yeah. Right, I was going to go, shoes. how do we get from Elevator Man to, to, to Black well, Bear? I, I went Black to, to Spike Lee. Yeah, so I went to poetry school, and I, I, I went to Wash U in St. Louis, and there were five. Did anyone even know that you could go to graduate school for poetry? Yes. You could I do that. Mean, you guys know. I do now. So I was the only one that wasn't on scholarship. Right. And I just I had to work in a bar like and I was getting everybody else drunk while I was working behind the bar. It doesn't sound so bad. It wasn't worked at a bar, too. But the idea of taking five poetry classes at the graduate level every semester for two years drove me nuts. So I was looking for an easy way out and I took a screenwriting class and I wrote a screenplay that was really shitty, but it was like the best one that year. So I won like the $100 prize from the school. And my professor, who's a producer, said, you should do this for a living. Like, you can be a screenwriter. I want to introduce you to Spike Lee. And so he did. That's amazing. And, um, and I met Spike, and he invited me to come work for the summer. I read about 500 scripts. And then after grad school, I returned, and I was his story editor. My job was to find projects for Spike to produce or direct that the rest of the Hollywood system was not seeing, not betting on. This is like the blacklist before the blacklist. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And Spike's, you know, he's an amazing champion of talent and voices that just otherwise would never get heard. He doesn't get credit for that because he's so loud, but he does a lot of work behind the scenes, and I got to do a lot of that work at a really young age. It's awesome. And I, well, I should tell you um, that just so nobody thinks I have good taste at all, the first script I read for Spike, I completely rejected. In fact, I fell asleep in the middle. It was a boxing movie. I fell asleep in the middle of the fight scene as I was reading it. And I was like, this is horrible. And I told him, don't even read it. I'll pass. So I passed to the agent. And then the movie got made with Russell Crowe, <laughs> Cinderella Man, Academy Award. That's amazing. 
produced by my now friend, Brian Grazer. But anyway, it was a great first real job in the industry. And reading, you know, having the kind of access to Spike and his community was just outstanding. So how do you take that Mm -hmm. and start applying it to what you did at Viacom and now starting your own thing at Blackbird? Right. So, look, I, I don't think you work for a company. I think you work for people. And, you know, I wanted to work for Spike because he's a visionary and he's so human. He makes gigantic, successful films and also big mistakes. And in every movie, he has triumphs and he has, you know, just big errors that just make part of the movie suck. And I loved that. Um, Well, you talk a lot about leadership. I do. Um, You put a lot of color behind leadership. Like, what is a good leader? You've been doing that for a long time. You know. I just believe culture is everything. You, you had Linda Yaccarino recently on the podcast, and um, she talked about it. She talked about, like, over the last five years, what's made the difference for her organization. And she talks about leadership and culture. Mm-hmm. And she's right. Uh, and you, you walk into any company today, you know in 30 seconds if they've got it or if they don't. You totally. can feel it. You can smell it. You can taste it. Yeah. It's, totally. Yeah, absolutely. So now you started Blackbird. Yeah. So when I left Viacom uh, last summer, I started two different things at the same time, probably out of fear of failure. But one of them is Blackbird, which is a brand strategy and business innovation firm. And the other is Lunch Partners, which is a venture capital fund. So two very different things. Um, And why anybody thinks that a poet should be running a venture capital fund. I have no idea why anyone agrees to that, but it has happened. We are underway. And that is a super exciting element of my daily life. And it's connected to, I mean, is it connected to Blackbird or is it totally separate from Blackbird? They're not connected, but they end up being symbiotic. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned so much about early stage startup companies in all different industries from lunch partners. I mean, in the first two months, we looked at 75 deals. And the kind of people you meet are just sort of outside my everyday sphere. I know a lot of people. I didn't know jack shit about that world. And the people we are meeting and learning from are extraordinary. And they're the next generation of great business leaders. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We've had Pierce Fox on here from PSFK, who was a a writer. We've had you, who's a poet. We talked with Sarah Fisher last episode, who took sales skills and and translated into journalism. I think we're really starting to see this sort of transient, fluid thing happening in our industry where people are taking their skill sets and fueling them into passions. And it's totally. it's really fascinating to see you take the commercial side, but then also what I assume the business of Blackbird being your passion. So that's exactly right, Laura. And I feel like once you get what you're great at and you understand kind of what you suck at, you can do anything with that now, Yeah. right? Yeah. Look at Piers. I mean, he's a massive success story. You know, Sarah at Axios is someone you would say like, Well, if you look at her career, her trajectory, you would never put her in the position Uh she's in right now, right? And yet she's massively successful and influential. And when she was on your podcast, she did feel like a force in the industry. (laughs) She is. She is. Totally. So I feel like once you know your true north, once you understand your purpose and your identity and you get your values down, like you can do whatever you want with that. And that is exactly what Blackbird's doing for big businesses. Yes. And little businesses. But most of them have never been forced to ask those existential questions about themselves. And all of a sudden, because of the forces in every industry, they have no choice but to ask those questions, right? Why does my brand even exist? And I mean, you guys are struggling with those questions every single episode. Yeah. And you can really tell 
um, who's thought about it and who has not. And I listened to some of your guests. I've listened to every episode. And some have really thought about these issues and others just seem to have avoided them. It's interesting. Do you think it's a sign of the times that people and brands and companies are starting to think like this? Or do you think there are other, you know, kind of forcing functions that are happening that we don't see? Look, I think that um, I make a distinction. Blackbird has been very successful in its first eight months making the distinction between operating systems and belief systems. Yeah. Which do you gravitate toward? You cannot have one without the other. Interesting. To run a successful business today where you may have multiple operating systems, as most of my clients do. To do that effectively without a belief system is nearly impossible. Yeah. And I learned that from Seth Farbman, who's the CMO of, of Spotify. And he was at Gap mm-hmm. and he did. Yep. Look, Seth's a brilliant, brilliant guy. And when I was at Biocom and we had three, the, my last three years there were really chaotic and confusing. And what we needed was true north and an understanding of who we were as a company. Thousands and thousands of people who needed to understand, even if it wasn't communicated externally yet, what Viacom was about and what it stood for and what you were a part of and why these brands are all in the same portfolio. And Seth really gave me the language to understand how to go about doing that. Um, what is it? The idea of a belief system, which you know, to some people just sounds fancy, like a fancy word for brand architecture. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, we all do positioning. Sure. Um, but the more I thought about what Seth was challenging me to do at Viacom, the more we we began the hard work of the methodology itself and trying to understand how do you surface the key insights and derive or distill from them the brand idea that is irrefutable and that is four things, big, simple, useful, and true. Mm. If it's not all four, it won't be successful. And we've gone to work doing that. We've done 10 belief systems in the last eight months at Blackbird. And they're accompanied by the question that comes right after, which is, well, now that we know who we are, what do we do with that? Right, right? exactly. Land the plane. Yeah. How do, like, we how land do you the plane? land the plane? And that's all about execution and about living your brand. And Such an interesting skill set, though, because it's most people we have one or the this. other. And, and I think what makes certain people special, and Beth Comstock talked about this a lot, is like, being able to see the the you know the whole field and then very blackbird pointed yes. build the, the plane eye, and land, land the plane. Yeah, yeah. and and Beth and and Linda have been you know masterful at that and and both have taught me quite a bit about this. You know the <laughs> I think you asked about context like why does this matter now? Um I had a gut feeling that this would matter in the world and I went on that and bet on myself and my team to launch Blackbird. You know, two of my favorite people sat down to collide worlds, two of my favorite worlds, politics and hip-hop. So Van Jones, who Alex and I are obsessed with, obsessed. loves a new show. Van it's great. Jones the Jay-Z on, episode's on fantastic. So he sat down with Jay-Z, and one of the things that I pulled out of it that is, gets the heart of what you're talking about is the difference between a job and purpose. And totally. they're not they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, and I think what you're saying is what a lot of the entrepreneurs in our business are finding. You know, you talked about Sarah Fisher. It's like, what are you really good at? Go chase that down. And, yeah, and, the and problem is, though, that I think it gets really foofy really quickly and kind of ephemeral. And people are like, purpose and values. Like, it's oh, that's soft. Yeah, it sounds soft and gushy. Soft. And it sounds like an HR exercise. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you know, and for some people, that's all it will ever be. Yep. But not for Jay Z. And the thing about Jay is, Jay is the prototypical business leader of today and tomorrow. He doesn't have a job, he has a portfolio career. Yep. 
I don't believe, as I look at you two, that in the next three years, three years from now, I don't think either one of you will have a job. I think you'll I have agree. five. Right? I think you're going to have a portfolio uh, career. And I think that portfolio career is going to express your purpose, your values, and your capability. And it's going to be how you you know, live your brand in the world. Hello. This actually is exactly the architecture for brands as well. Totally. So can we... Let's can go we, there. Because yeah. that's the thing. And, and, and I want to ask, before we go there, I want to ask one question. Everyone talks about brands finding their purpose now, right? I actually am convinced that there are going to be brands that can't. That For can't sure. find their purpose yeah. and then will effectively disappear. Well, if you don't find it, it's very obvious what happens is that top line growth doesn't happen. And, you know, so you look at the financial engineering that's going on and the short termism that you guys talk about frequently on Atlandia. And, you know, that's what happens when you don't know who you are. Are you working with big public brands? Yes. And they're receiving this message from Blackbird and they're embracing it? We're not calling them. They're calling us. And I don't mean to say that in any kind of egotistical way. I mean that there is a sense of urgency. Yeah. And we are called by boards. We are called by CEOs. And we're called by CMOs. And when that phone rings, it's, you know, it may not start out um, with a question about purpose and identity it may not start out with the, I heard you do belief systems and belief system playbooks that will transform my business. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah. It usually starts with a, like a problem with mm. our product. There's something wrong with our marketing. Yeah. We need to be direct to consumer. Yeah. Right? One of those kinds of things, right? And you, you get about seven minutes in and it's very clear what's going on. Are you working on executive kind of image stuff as well? I mean, does that yeah, so, become part of this? We just started what's called Blackbird Leaders. Yes. And that's because um, I just believe in betting on people. Like, that's everything. And it became very clear to us that doing the kind of work that we do with big companies and medium and small companies, but doing the, the work we do on brand strategy and belief systems, that's the same kind of work that tomorrow's leaders are beginning to do on themselves today. Yep. And that's a remarkable place to get invited into. When someone trusts you enough to say, hey, listen, I want to make a bet on myself, and I think you can help me be better. I think you can help me realize what I'm meant to do. You brought up Jay-Z before. May I be so bold? I think we're kind of copying Jay-Z here, <laughs> except as Jay-Z is signing athletes to Rock Nation, Right. We are signing business athletes. I love that. The superstars of tomorrow. We're signing them now. I've always wanted to be Ari Gold in my next life, there so we go. should talk about this we in all a, a self mic. We <laughs> so we're developing. We're, we've already signed our first two. We are developing their talent. We are supporting them. We are positioning them. Hello, that was an exclusive, right? It was. You heard Blackbird it here leaders. First. Hashtag Blackbird leaders. I think it's interesting when you, you start talking about where people are betting on or, or recruiting from in the world of athletes and, and sport, right? It's very easy to wrap your head around that in terms of placing bets to pull in your quarterback, right? You know what you need. Why is business in the world we're playing in any, any different? different? Totally. Yeah. Just like you're talking about with brands, there are leaders and people who are out there in the sunshine but aren't really doing those things. Doing in, the work. It, doing the work. Oh, yeah. I, so, right? so those people have already so, approached us and we say no. And how, So how do you vet how do you, these yeah. people? You know who they are. These, these are the people who are the CMO of themselves. How do you 
do blackbird leaders in a meaningful way so that you are truly making it about someone who has the talent right right to get on the court and lead a freaking team and actually grow the next generation well it's interesting alexa so as you <laughs> as you were speaking and the audience can't see this but i'll paint the picture you were making a triangle with the tips of your fingers together you were going like this with your hands and um that is what I would say, I used to be that. I used to be someone who mm. felt that there's only room for one at the top mm. and that I was going to have to beat a lot of people to get to a position of authority and to feel like I've achieved anything. And then, you know, I sort of learned to Invert. open it up the other way, right? Mm. To say, like, actually, I'm more successful the more open I am. Actually... The more people I can support and empower, the more powerful I will feel and I will, the more rewarded I will be. And I think that's what Blackbird Leaders is all about. It's about turning the triangle uh, uh, upside down or inverting it, opening up, and understanding that your job when you become successful is to create opportunities for other people to grow, Yeah, not to try to beat anybody yeah i'm not competing i'm competing with myself yeah yes. every day i'm 100%. competing with myself if i could give a sports analogy right so it's interesting steph curry and the warriors right and nobody thought or at least i didn't that kevin durant would go to play with totally. the warriors right yeah. because he's a appointed leader yeah. he's kind of the the tip of the spear that's right but when you to your point you start stop thinking about yourself yeah. and you start thinking about the purpose and the vision is to win an nba championship right. now you're comfortable playing number two right uh, or right. side by side, well, you know. I mean, given the choice, do you want to do you want to win the MVP or do you want to win the championship? That's right. right. right? It's like that's right. Blackbird leaders bets on people who are going to win championships. That's the name of the show. Love that. What types of clients are you working with? So it began with media. Like the first month, phone calls from media companies going like, "We really could use like some publishers, networks. No, mostly networks um, and social media companies as well. But thankfully, because I've spent really long time in that part of business. We've diversified quite a bit. So we're working with a huge PR firm. Uh, we're working with an architecture firm. We're working in higher education. And we're working with an energy company. Very and cool. those are all, you know, so different from one another that as we were talking about earlier, today after I leave here, I'm working with five different clients the rest of today. And if that doesn't keep you fresh on your toes and excited, I don't know what does. Right. Sure. Every half hour is going to be different for the rest of the day. So yeah. people, they're calling you because it's, it's a different differentiated offering in the market, right? You're talking about brand strategy, which is something that has traditionally sat within creative agencies. I think if Boston Consulting Group and IDEO had a baby, yeah, it would look a little bit like Blackbird. Interesting. Yeah. There's nobody really doing it the way we do it. What I would say is most of our clients need support finding the best way to express their power and their potential internally and externally. They're having some things in the way um, and they need to clear it out. Or they've reached an inflection point and step change is right there. They see it. They need help getting there. But this is really about business impact. Yeah. And what we do is not foofy. It's like 
real change and we're putting real points on the board. You're also allowing brands to go, to go back to the way earlier point, right? You're letting brands completely diversify what they do sure. and probably how they do it. That's right. I think that's kind of been my career, especially at Viacom. So you, this is new products. This is thinking about IP in a different way. This is yeah. thinking about, right, all yeah. of those things. If you know who you are, you know very quickly what you could become. I love that. So do you see yourself getting into the execution game or just super high level right now, kind of building out the uh, operational we're in the execution system. game a little bit i did make a pledge to myself when we launched blackbird to not make anything i've already broken that a couple of times we've <laughs> made some stuff for people but um one of our investors is uh, an awesome production company in los angeles one of the best creative shops i've ever worked with they're called stun creative and stun makes a lot of stuff for our clients cool. so th- it's great to have access to them um and when we decided to take on investment, when you're a services business like Blackbird, you don't normally take on any kind of investment. You don't really need to. But we wanted to because the two strategic investors in our company offer us a way to sort of differentiate our offering and just really make us unique, right? The other, so can so, you talk about that because it's something that people have asked us about on the show, but yeah. our, our listeners have asked us about the VC world in yeah. particular. And as a services business, can you talk about how did you pitch yourself in that regard? And then yeah. some people that we've met talk about the advisors you bring on should not just be um, people that didn't give you your money and go away. They should actually be able right. to help you grow and build your, your business. Right. So I can answer it personally. I'm, I'm not a good example because, to be honest, we didn't go out and pitch Blackbird. Um, two companies came to us and said, you're a fucking moron for not starting this. What are you waiting for? <laughs> and sometimes I think it takes that kind of pressure from people who know what you can do. Because something inside me was just not starting. And, um, you know, uh, they de-risked the launch of Blackbird for me. But when it comes to investing, you know, I'm astounded by uh, the variety in the quality of pitches that we get for the VC fund for launch partners. I mean, we have seen the most complex, compelling um presentations that you know just don't have any heart yeah on paper you know i think the bankers would go fuck yeah let's put our money on that um my group of lps would not so you're um, in it for the heart and the hustle and say, yet the opposite yeah. is also true right so we see we see some entrepreneurs that have come at us that are all heart right and um they clearly don't have the operational chops to grow the business the way it really deserves. Yeah. So, you know, an RLP group is very unique. It's um, everyone who's in this group with me is a CMO or a CEO. So they are all leaders, most of them big name people who are killing it in their companies um, and are investing as a group with lunch partners so that they can take advantage of pattern recognition through deal flow, that they can have a mechanism for doing diligence in the companies that they're going to invest in, and that they can activate both their network and their skill sets, as you're sort of alluding to, Laura, to put what they're great at to work for the companies that we invest in. Sure. Right? That's the thing about venture investing. If it's just your money, dumb money you can find anywhere. Dumb money's everywhere. But smart money that wants to work hard behind the cash, behind the capital to make your brand and business successful, that's the kind of investor that the entrepreneurs who seek us out want. So when entrepreneurs 
and other VCs come to us and invite us into a round. Usually it's uh, seed or early A. The hope is that we will not just feel that through diligence this is a smart bet, but that it's a heart bet too, right? That your heart is in it and that the LPs in our group believe in this entrepreneur and his or her team, believe in the brand and the vision and the business and want to go do things to make it successful. That's why our fund exists. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think also one thing I'm really proud of about the fund and Blackbird is that these are the t- two of the most diverse groups you will ever see. I mean, it is a, a group of that was the most important thing about really reaching out to a group of limited partners for launch partners was to say, like, we want a diversity of thought. We want a diversity of gender, race, ethnicity, background, age. And we got it. And that's the most exciting thing. So when a pitch comes to us, we can channel check across five, six different dimensions within 24 hours and make a decision. Yeah. Okay. What would you kill? Ross Martin. What would you kill? What would you buy? What would you do yourself? Right now, I would totally kill a cheeseburger. What's your favorite cheeseburger? Where's it from? This is going to sound weird. It's in L.A. Why is that weird? Because I'm a New Yorker. No, it's a place called Father's Office. Oh, wait. You've been there? We've been there a million times. Yeah, the great thing about it is you can't alter it. Like, it's just, you can't be like, no, I don't want any pickles it's in on Santa it. Monica. It's like, yeah. So it is what it is, and the, you don't get a choice. No, you don't I get like, a choice. I like, there's something about that that I really like. It's always packed in there, man. It's really hard to, I know you got to go at the off hour. Yeah. Okay. I love it. What would you buy? Not a burger. Uh, you know, I would, I would buy more Amazon stock. Yeah, well. Is that such a bummer to say? No, I mean, everyone's saying I thought you it. were going to say us. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to change it up. <laughs> okay. I would Way buy Atlantia. I would buy Atlantia to buy. <laughs> Good. It's and not for sale. It's not for sale. Okay, yeah. fine. Okay, I would buy more real estate in Maine. Oh, because do you have real like estate in Maine? I do. I bought a house there last year, and um, I'm fixing it up. My wife is fixing it up. Gonquit? It's that's near. Like the place. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I think, like, with global warming, like, that's going to be Miami, so I'm... You're banking on I'm it. I'm banking on Maine is, like, the new Miami. Are you building bunkers? I feel like that's... Underground? A, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel we're getting like we're getting ready for that. Stashing it with the world's greatest collection of poetry and cheeseburgers and cheeseburgers and leaders. Um, All right, so what would you do yourself that you're not already that you're not already doing? I mean, I really would DIY the next generation of great business leaders. That's what I want to build. That's what you're doing, and that's what that's what. Are you going to put Forbes out of business? Thirty under thirty? Like, is there going to be like a Blackbird ten? It's a good question. No, I think I'll let them keep giving out the awards and the recognition, but I'll get people, you know, to the place where they're recognized for their achievements and their potential and where Forbes is calling them. Yeah. Imagine if you did an episode like at the end of the year and it's like the 10... The 10 people you people don't know. you've never heard of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that was actually... That's called the, Adlandia. That's what actually... What, <laughs> I mean, the, Adlandia has people that are notable, yes, but then you have people who... Mm, Maybe you haven't heard of, and most likely you haven't heard of. Um, Before you go, what would be your advice to the next gen of who you hope to become Blackbird leaders who are out there today? I'll give you my um, mom's and my dad's. Okay, so my mom woke me up every morning and said the same three words. Today's the day. Every morning. (laughs) Now, to some people that might seem annoying, (laughs) annoying or burdensome. To me, it just sort of got me out of bed and I felt like I could do anything. And when your mom gives you that, yeah, you know, you can. So I, I want to give that to other people. And the other 
is the last two words that my dad said to me before he died. Be there. Mm-hmm. And he meant it in, in every way possible. Be there for other people. Um, be there for opportunities and have the confidence to bet on yourself when it matters. And so those are my two things. And those two are the most important in informing my own system of belief. The idea that today's the day and you have to be there. Knowing you for the last couple of years, uh, I would say that those things are very true. You you, you live that out. Thank you, you so You live much. that out. Ross Martin, where can people find you? At Ross Martin one or why don't you just email me, ross.martin at blackbirdglobal.com. Ross Martin, we will be hearing a lot more from you. Thank you so much. Thank you, you, Ross. Thank you, guys. You know what I love about Ross Martin? You know what I love that he said? He basically was a shoe salesman when he was 16 years old and then never, ever had a job that anyone else ever had after that. Yeah. And I love that. I think I'm going to aspire to do that. I think a shoe salesman? No, I already, (laughs) no. I think I've passed (laughs) more on the consumer side. I do love the idea that he talked about future leaders being overseers of portfolios I think that's interesting and I think it's something that you know so many people come up through um, high school and college and they go on to post collegiate you know degrees and think about these linear um, track paths that they, that they need to go down and just start broadening and thinking through the vein of being an entrepreneur and, and ownership of your own portfolio is very interesting that means my board of directors is only going to get bigger that's right I agree and I also think like at the end of the day he said you don't go you know basically work for a job you go work for a leader like you follow the leader yeah and I think that's right so with that big thanks to Ross Martin Cameron Drew is our producer thank you for getting me my tea this week and telling me I don't sound nasally love you Cam (laughs) our friends and family at Panoply thank you to Andy Bowers and Matt Turk if we don't see you in Palm Desert we will be back in two weeks also stay tuned because Adlandia events are coming your way Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.